everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. We are excited to have you joining us. We have a fun little topic. It may not sound so fun, but I got to tell you that as we were prepping for this, like I kind of geeked out on this. I got a little excited about it. So today we are getting our daily dose of sunshine. We are talking about the necessity of vitamin D. So vitamin D is one of many vitamins our bodies need to stay healthy. It's one of the four fat-soluble vitamins our body needs to function properly. And technically, vitamin D isn't a vitamin. It's actually a pro-hormone that's produced photochemically. That means through the chemical action of light. The molecular structure of vitamin D is close to that of classic steroid hormones. So vitamin D plays a crucial role in maintaining the balance of calcium in our blood stream and bones and in building and maintaining our bones. In fact, if you eat foods rich in calcium, but are in uh, deficient in vitamin D, you're only going to absorb 10 to 15% of the calcium you take in. So we got to understand that calcium and vitamin D go hand in hand, hand. Calcium is used in many cellular processes throughout the body, including the contraction of muscles. Accordingly, when your body is low on D and hence calcium, it releases a hormone called parathyroid hormone that forces your bones and teeth to release calcium so it can be used for things like muscle contraction. Dr. Stephen Lynn in his book, The Dental Diet, which by the way, side, side note, I highly recommend this book. It's really, really informative and um, lots of great information. But he argues that if oxygen is the most important nutrient for your body, vitamin D runs a close second. Between two to 3,000 genes in our body have receptors for vitamin D, and it plays countless roles in the body from controlling hormones and cell growth it regulates digestion and gut microbes, it helps maintain balance, it influences metabolism, it strengthens the immune system against respiratory infections, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and other ailments, and it aids in neurological function. So it does quite a bit. And considering there's that many receptors in our genes, it's something we really do need. There's even evidence that vitamin D helps prevent colon, breast, prostate, and ovarian cancers. Alzheimer's disease, multiple sclerosis, and prevents aging. Low vitamin D has been linked to obesity, as well as a range of digestive disorders like IBS, celiac disease, ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's disease. As hygienists, we love and care for teeth. So let's talk about why vitamin D is important for tooth health. We're all familiar with odontoblasts, those tooth cells that help build and repair damaged dentin. They actually act as guards of the dentin and pulp. 
They release immune cells that fight infectious bacteria that make it through the bony maze of enamel. If and when the dentin does suffer damage, the odontoblasts work to patch it up so that the invading microbes don't reach the pulp. They are our tooth defenders and protectors and pretty important cells. To do their job well, odontoblasts need, can you guess, vitamin D. In animal studies, a lack of vitamin D has been shown to disrupt dentin formation. All of this information makes sense then that studies show low vitamin D has been linked to risk of tooth decay in children and adults, as well as gum disease in adults. And just like we said earlier, we got to think about this. If our bodies are low on vitamin D, they are going to pull that calcium out of our teeth for support elsewhere. So being deficient in D is very detrimental to our tooth health. So that being said, how can we make sure that we and our patients are getting enough vitamin D? You can get vitamin D in a variety of ways. And some of those ways include sun exposure on your skin. However, people with darker skin and older people may not get enough vitamin D through sunlight. Your geographical location may also prevent adequate vitamin D exposure through sunlight. We can get it through the food we eat, through nutritional sub supplements. Despite all these methods to get vitamin D, vitamin D deficiency is a common global issue. About 1 billion people worldwide have vitamin D deficiency, while 50% of the population has vitamin D insufficiency. Approximately 35% of adults in the United States have vitamin D deficiency as well. Medical conditions that can cause a deficiency in vitamin D include cystic fibrosis, Crohn's disease, and celiac disease. These conditions can prevent your intestines from adequately absorbing enough vitamin D through supplements, especially if the condition is untreated. Obesity, a body mass index greater than 30 is associated with lower vitamin D levels. Fat cells keep vitamin D isolated so that it's not released. Obesity often requires taking larger doses of vitamin D supplements to reach and maintain normal levels. Kidney disease and liver disease. These conditions reduce the amount of certain enzymes, hepatic enzymes, 25 hydro hydroxylase from your liver and one alpha hydroxylase from your kidneys. So it's reducing these um, enzymes that your body needs to change vitamin D to a form that it can use. A lack of either of these enzymes leads to an inadequate level of active vitamin D in your body. Weight loss surgeries that reduce the size of your stomach and or bypass part of your small intestine, such as a gastric bypass surgery, make it difficult for your body to absorb sufficient quantities of certain nutrients, vitamins, and minerals. If you've had weight loss surgery, it's important to see your healthcare provider regularly so that they can monitor your vitamin D levels and other nutrient levels. You'll likely need to take vitamin D supplements and other supplements throughout your life. In addition, certain medications can lower vitamin D levels, including laxatives, steroids such as prednisone, cholesterol-lowering drugs, seizure-preventing drugs, rifampin, which is a tuberculosis drug, and orlistat, which is a weight loss drug. The goals of treatment and prevention for vitamin D deficiency are the same, to reach and then maintain an adequate vitamin D level in your body. So what do adequate levels look like? According to the Mayo Clinic, the recommended dietary allowance or RDA for adults is 600 international units or IUs of vitamin D a day. That goes up to 800 IU a day for those older than age 70. 
To meet this level, choose foods that are rich in vitamin D. For example, choose fatty fish, such as salmon, trout, tuna, and halibut, which offer higher amounts of vitamin D or fortified foods such as milk and yogurt. Although the amount of vitamin D adults get from their diets is often less than what's recommended, exposure to sunlight can make up for the difference. Vitamin D comes in two forms, D2 and D3. D2 is ergocalciferol, comes from plants, and D3, which is cholecalciferol, comes from animals. You need a prescription to get D2. D3, however, is available over the counter. Your body more easily absorbs D3 than D2. Hey, Bulletproof hygienists. We are excited to announce our 2023 Bulletproof Summit. Mark the date on your calendar and block off patient care because we're going to be in Las Vegas, August 11th and 12th at the Wynn Hotel. Registration is live. Get all the details and jump on the early bird specials by going to bulletproofsummit.com. This is our opportunity to connect with you and your team in person and grow exponentially together. We promise you don't want to miss it and we can't wait to see you there. Sign up today. So just like vitamin D is the delivery truck that carries calcium through the bloodstream, I want to introduce another vitamin that is imperative to the process. And this we call the activator vitamin, and it's K2. So vitamin K2 is considered the bus driver for proper absorption of calcium and vitamin D. Without it, we can see calcium getting deposited on the teeth and in the arteries and kidneys, thus kidney stones, instead of in the teeth and bones. This is a really important consideration when we're seeing patients with heavy calculus buildup on the teeth despite meticulous home care. So I just wanna clarify, because I, I think it can get confusing when you think of these three vitamins together that the way it works is we take calcium, but in order to get calcium to be absorbed through the intestines and get carried through the bloodstream, we need vitamin D. And then for that, for that calcium to get put into the proper places once it's in the bloodstream, then we need K2 to deliver it there. So good sources of K2 are animal sources, um, organ meats, eggs, butter, specifically from grass-fed cows, shellfish and emu oil, or fermented foods like natto, sauerkraut, and cheeses like gouda and brie are all good sources. It's really interesting now because many companies are now combining D3 and K2 together. So that's a super easy recommendation to make for our patients that are already taking D3 as a supplement. And I'll just mention, I do that myself. It's really easy to just get it packaged together. It's all in one, one tablet or capsule. According to the NHS, the dosage recommendation for vitamin D you need each day is 400 IU for adults with safe with the safe upper limit being 4,000 IUs a day. And the recommended dosage of vitamin K2 you need is each day is approximately one microgram for each kilogram of body weight for adults. So side effects associated with taking vitamin, too much vitamin D, um, typically occur following excessive or improper use of this nutrient. So excessively high levels of vitamin D in the body may elevate calcium levels, causing a condition called hypercalcemia. If this occurs, you may experience upset stomach side effects, including nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, or constipation. 
These side effects may also contribute to a diminished appetite, and you may notice that you begin to lose weight. Unusually high vitamin D levels in the body following treatment with vitamin D supplements may cause increased thirst. You may notice that your mouth or throat feels dry or irritated, or that you drink larger amounts of fluid more frequently than usual. Some of the other side effects are metallic taste, fatigue or weakness, and muscle or bone pain. Interestingly, there have been no reported adverse effects from vitamin K excess in any amount from food or supplements in the general population. However, patients on blood thinners do need to be careful with their vitamin K levels because it does affect clotting. So in that being said, obviously we want to encourage our patients to speak to their doctors when it comes to checking their levels and making recommendations for supplements. Um, you know, we, it, it, I will ask my patients a lot of times, you know, do you take supplements? Are you taking vitamin D? And if they say yes, then I, you know, talk to them about, hey, does it have K2 or are you taking K2 with that? And we talk about the importance of that. Um, but, you know, I think it's just such an important conversation thinking about if patients are deficient in D and that means calcium can be pulled from their teeth to be used in other places, then when we're seeing those patients and we're taking our bite wings and we're seeing that kind of incipient areas, um, you know, that does make me start questioning, hey, do you take vitamin D? You know, have you had those levels checked? That could be a really good thought process to go down with them because, you know, there is such a uh, large number of vitamin D deficiency in the population. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say, sadly, I feel like medicine might not quite be up to speed on this front. Um, just in general, I think that functional medicine referrals might be the best bet. Um, I know they tend to kind of dig into seeing what's deficient and what needs to be addressed. Um, but I have to share this story because I literally just had a patient in my chair yesterday. And um, we were talking about kind of like the silver linings of COVID, like, you know, some of the positive things that the COVID situation brought. And one of the things I said was, you know, for me, it really made me get very consistent with taking vitamins. And I really kind of dug into what I was taking and what, you know, were they bioavailable? And I'm now officially an old woman that has that little, you know, like seven pack of uh, vitamin where you pop each day open and it has the day of the week. And I fill them up every Monday and I've officially gotten really old, but I will say that it's made me consistent with it. And I actually feel better. Um, and I just, yeah, in general, I feel better. And I know that I'm, I'm doing something good for my body. And it was so funny because he said to me, oh, I don't know if you know this, but if you take D3, you need to be taking K2. And I was like, are you kidding me? You're totally speaking my language. I'm doing a podcast about this this weekend. And he laughed and he said, well, I'll tell you a funny story. He said, my doctors um, put me, he said, I did a calcium score test and I had a lot, it was a really high level. It was not a good situation. So they put me on some statins and I had a really bad reaction to it. And I was like, I'm not doing this. This is not working for me. And I did some reading myself and I came across this information for D3 and K2 and I started taking it. And I went back for my first calcium score and it had decreased by 40%. I was like, that is insane. Mm -hmm. And he said, I kept doing it and I went back and I don't know the interval, how many months later it was, he went back, but he said it had dropped by 40 more percent. Is this in the, in the bloodstream, the calcium score in the bloodstream? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. 
So I was like, that, that's amazing. I told them, I was like, I'm going to talk about you in my podcast because this is exactly, exactly what we're talking about. So any thoughts on this, Britt? I mean, I just have thoughts. Uh, it, it's also interesting how you can be, you know, over or under regarding vitamin D and absorption and how it's actually like a, more like a hormone than it is a vitamin. It's, it's very interesting and unique, obviously, to all the vitamins. And I've been telling, you know, more recently patients who I know have great home care who have that excess uh, calculus buildup is they are my go-to patients for talking about the K2. Mm -hmm. Pretty widely accessible. Obviously, the only contraindication is like watching out for bleeding, you know? Yep. Um, so I always make sure if a person's on blood thinners where they take other vitamins already that they ask their doctor, you know, that's really my only consideration. But um, anecdotally, I haven't measured like a huge difference, but I'm curious if I, if I really buckle down and keep track and look at my patients with that high calculus kind of content, yep. I wonder what I'll see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. This might be, uh, an avenue that I focus on in the next quarter or so. Well, yeah. And I mean, it, the, when you read the research on it too, it's really interesting. I mean, the reality is if they have that much buildup on the teeth, Mm -hmm. You got to admit, you have to imagine what's happening in the arteries mm -hmm. and what's happening in that calcium blood score. Cause that means it's not going to the right places. Uh -huh. And then like the parathyroid hormone, you know, I had no idea that there were so many moving parts regarding this, you know, yeah. mission and where yeah. it ends up and whether or not it actually goes to bones and teeth. And when it comes out of bones and teeth, there's so many like mechanisms and directions this can go in. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, because it honestly, it's that photosynthesized hormone, the best, the best way to get it is the sun. Mm -hmm. um, but I know we've all gotten a little leery of the sun, you know, with skin cancer and that sort of thing. Um, but they do recommend getting, I think it's 15 minutes of sunlight, 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight a day with, without mm -hmm. sunscreen to, you know, mm -hmm. be able to get that in there and synthesize that. So um, I know the winter people tend to definitely be, you know, less than, especially, you know, when we don't live in the great state of Florida, like you, where you can go to the beach <laughs> all the time. Um, I'm not jealous at all, <laughs> but um, yeah, just lots of things to think about. And I just, you know, we, it, we kind of get stuck in our ruts, you know, like, I feel like even my doctor now, whenever, you know, we see that inner, in, that incipient stuff going on, you know, he's immediately like, oh, let's put him on some products to, you know, remineralize. And, you know, there's that part of me that's like, well, let's also talk about what we're eating and, you know, what, what our vitamin levels look like. So mm -hmm. yeah, just definitely food for thought. Um, and I honestly, I just hope all this information has been helpful to all you guys as our listeners personally, like Brittany said, for her own personal use, um, but also as well as for our patient's care, because that is why we're here. And as I said before, if this has been interesting to you, I highly recommend you check out the book, The Dental Diet by Dr. Stephen Lynn um, for a ton of more pearls and information. Um, but we're going to wrap up for now. And I'm going to say, go out and get some sunshine. And we'll see you back next week for the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. If you guys have any questions or thoughts, don't hesitate to share them on our Mighty Network. And if you haven't signed up yet, sign up for Summit. It is happening in August in Vegas, and we have to see you there. Everybody have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.